Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and welcome to Small Biz Chat here on Small Biz Chat Live. It is our goal to help you succeed as your own boss, and we never fail to disappoint. So listen, I am really excited to introduce my guest, Miss Vanessa Lindley, who is a good friend of mine, and she is the CEO of Lindley Consulting Group, LLC, a professional and personal development consultancy. Vanessa is a transformative thought leader, and financial coach, author, consultant, and trainer with 25 plus years experience. Vanessa, you don't look old enough to have nobody's 25 years experience. Anyway, her (laughs) book is Achieve Financial Victory, Seven Ways to Win with Your Money. It's available now. And I'm so excited, Vanessa, to have you here with me. I am excited to be here, Melinda. I am so excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, I had to have you because listen, money is serious business, right? I believe it's not about what you make. It's about what you keep. So I want to talk about the connection that people have. I think people have a money mindset, right? And so that, that manifests itself in their personal finances and their business finances. So can you help us like kind of understand the connection that that sort of like that money mindset and how that manifests itself everywhere where you have to deal with your money, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I find that working with people when they have challenges in their personal finances, sometimes it matches the challenges they have in their business finances. And most of it is because People don't pay attention to their money. I mean, most people, they, they don't like math. That's one part. It just gets into it. But then the mindset around, around money, keeping it, saving it, holding on to it. I see that people, they don't like to set a budget at home. And sometimes they don't like to set a budget with their business. They're just, you know, trying to make money, trying to make money. You know, they're trying to make money, trying to make money, but not looking at the numbers. And I mean, when I work with a person on their personal finance, I, I share a story. I was working with someone who could not understand where their money was going. I mean, I sat down, I said, let's think about every bill you have, every dollar that's coming in. And she could not account for $1,000 a month. This is in her personal finances. Same thing working with a business client. They did the same thing in their money and their business finances and started to look through how much they were spending on, you know, products and services. It was a restaurant owner. And just by looking at the numbers, was able to cut back expenses and save $1,000 on their business finance. People are not taking the time to do the math and pay attention. So I see that the mindset around, you know, being afraid to engage with money, you know, being too busy, and it does transfer from your personal to your business finances. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I see very commonly with small business folks is they don't even call their accountant until it's tax time. Mm. They're not even so they're not even engaging with their business finances on a monthly basis. So when they get their taxes done, it's a surprise whether or not they made money or lost money. <laughs> and I see that a lot. And I just don't I, I don't know I don't know why we do that. I don't know why. I mean, because your your accountant should really be a business advisor to your business, wouldn't you say? And people, they, they pay their accountant a lot of times, CPA, it's another bill that they have, 
but never really engage with them that way. And sometimes it's, again, the avoidance. It's not really wanting to deal with it. And it's just like, like I said, it's in your personal finances. People don't want to deal with it. They wait until a crisis happens or a bill is due and they're like, oh, where's my money? And you know, people do, they rob a Peter to pay Paul and their personal finances and business owners sometimes are doing the same thing. And I don't know why they don't do it, but it's the same people in their personal finance. They need people like me, financial coach, people in their business finances. They have people on their team that they can use and they don't use them because they're afraid a lot of times. They either don't want to spend the time or they're afraid of what they're going to see. You know, America's in debt. And a lot of it is, again, being unconscious about what they're spending their money on. Same thing happens in their business. Again, people are focusing on revenue generation, looking at how many sales they can get, but they're not looking at how much they're spending for goods and services. They're not looking at, you know, how much they're actually paying their employees and what tax benefits they could get or could not get. They're not looking at rents going up. They're not doing the math. They're just trying to get through the day and get through the month. And it happens in their personal finances as well as their business finances. And I'm sure you see it. Oh, I definitely see it. And I, and, but I also think what it starts with the fact that a lot of people are confused about what is wealth and how do you build it? <sighs> so that's, I mean, I write about that in my book because people, they don't really know what wealth is. Wealth is really accumulation of assets. It is not income. I mean, again, I know you work with business owners. They they have good annual revenue. So they could be seven-figure businesses, but they're not necessarily in the black. They don't necessarily have assets. Same thing with people who are employees. They have a good income on paper, but they're not accumulating assets, which is what will generate wealth. You want to be in the black. And accounting principle is you have to own more than you owe to be in the black. And so in order to do that, you got to have a low debt load and you have to be generating revenues and or assets. If you're a business owner or a homeowner or a real estate owner, and so wealth is that assets. It could be cash, stocks, bonds, different types of investments, real estate, business ownership, property ownership. And we want, I want, and I write in my book, people to be able to build wealth in multiple ways. And again, it could be if you are running a business, buy the building. That you own, that you're doing your business out of, that becomes an asset. That's how you start to build wealth. If you're an employee, you can still buy real estate if that's your your thing, or you can invest in stocks and bonds and business owners as well. You know, I do work with business owners on their personal finance because when you start making money, <laughs> we hope that everybody gets there that they actually have that gap between what they what they're bringing in and what they can actually keep. Start to put that into other investment streams like stocks and bonds and real estate, et cetera. But wealth, again, it's accumulation of assets and that can be in multiple forms, but it is not just the revenue. It is what you actually keep and invest and grows. All right. So let's talk about budgeting. You know, it's the fall. This, this is the time of year when I tell people, look, hey, 2020 is coming quickly. It's time for you to be putting together your budget for next year. It's already like fourth quarter. So how do you explain to people and how often do you think business owners in particular should be looking at the budgeting process? Like how often should you be going to that? Well, I, I mean, you know, the business owners, they should be doing their, their revenue projections for you know at least five years out. And that includes, you know, some budgeting process as well. And I tell personal people in their personal finances to do the same thing. You should be starting with the end in mind. Same thing with business owners. You should be planning your exit strategy when you first open your business. Same thing. People don't like it in your personal finance. You should be 
planning your death. I'm, I'm sorry, I came from the investment world and insurance world, but then work your way back, you know, 10 years, five years, and then annually as in personal finance, there are things that happen every year that people don't plan for, like summer vacation, or if you have children, back to school or holidays or whatever it is important to you. Business owners, the same way. Some businesses are seasonal. So you know there are certain times of the year where you're going to spend more than you're making possibly, or your, you know, your revenue green re- revenue might be lower or higher. But how do you plan? You should be planning at least, you know, at a minimum a year out. And then you should be checking it at least every month. You want to try and do some reconciliation. And then depending on the type of business you have, you can do it daily. So, you know, I went to the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. And people in my cohort, I have a salon owner. I mean, she's doing it every day. And she's looking at how much I got in. What did I spend every single day? So I think at a minimum, people should be, you know, reconciling their budget every month. And looking at their, you know, budget at least once a week. And that's business and personal, in my opinion. Now, how important is it to keep personal and and business finances separate? Woo! So, we know as a startup, a lot of times people are mixing. I mean, it's just a part of, you know, trying to get the stuff off the ground. Unless you did, did a huge startup where you got funding and you were able to really knock it out the park. You don't really have to touch your own personal finances. That would be ideal, right? If you're able to to get some funding, investors, even if you get a loan and leave it totally separate. I mean, ideally, that should be always the goal to not to commingle your money for many reasons. One, you get lost in, you know, what you're really making. You're not looking at the numbers fluidly, like realistically. So you're looking at, you know, you're putting money into the business consistently and not really reconciling unless you're doing like a formal loan, like I'm making a loan to my business. But when you have the accounts mixed up, and, you know, you're, you're not sure whether you're really, you know, making money in the business or this was your personal money or not paying yourself. You know, you should be able to quantify how much revenue is going in, how much is going out. And if you're short and you have to take from your personal money, you should be recording that and saying, I'm giving myself a loan. So in the beginning, obviously, when you're looking at starting up and you're looking at loans, people are going to look, you know, financiers, whether it be a, a bank or and investors are going to be looking at your personal finances. But when you legitimately start up, you should be having it, your personal and business finances separate. Absolutely. All right. So this is the last question I'm going to get to you before the break. Does your business need an emergency fund? Oh, I, I mean, we are all as business owners. We know that would be ideal. Like a so, hell yes. <laughs> Working with business owners, we know a lot of us try to rely on a line of credit and stuff. I work with business owners, that line of credit is down to the end. You're waiting for that revenue. You're waiting for that invoice to get paid. And you need emergency fund. Everybody in your household, in your business, you need that stash of cash somewhere that you can pull it. Because even when you're maxed out from your line of credits and all of that, you need to have that money available. So yes, that's a hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Vanessa. Well, I'm going to put a pin in that. Thank you so much. But when we come back, we're going to talk about how to get rid of debt because it's real. Okay. So please don't go away because we will be right back. 
Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady. I know you might be thinking about quitting your business and going back into corporate America, but wait, before you give up, my new book, Fix Your Business, could give you a whole new lease on life. My 12 P's of running a successful business will walk you through step-by-step how to grow your business revenue, how to hire great people and streamline your processes and so much more. Grab a copy today of Fix Your Business and get your life back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Small Biz Chat. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, America's number one small business expert. And I'm so excited to be here with you tonight because we are talking about money, the money. And my good friend, Vanessa Lindley, is here. She is a money coach. She's got a great new book out on seven ways to win with your money. And so I am really excited to talk to her about the all-important topic, debt. All right, Ms. Vanessa, break it down for us. What are the three reasons why people are in debt? And what are the three ways to get out of it? Three reasons why people are in debt. Typically, one, not having and or not sticking to a budget. I mean, the budget is a B word, but it's not a bad word. And people just don't like to do it. They don't like to deal with it. And they have to do it. Again, this is personal or business. You have to have a plan on how you're going to spend your money. What's coming in? What's going out? As a business owner, that's how you you plan your revenue and you also plan your expenses and you prepare for the unknown. We just talked about the the importance of having emergency savings. People, that's the second reason. People don't have emergency savings, so they end up overspending. If you don't have a budget, you don't plan, you don't know where money is going, you end up overspending, you get in debt. That's one. Two, you don't have an emergency savings. So crisis can happen. We're business owners. Sometimes we have clients that we, we're invoicing. The invoice could be late. I mean, I know business owners are waiting for, you know, six-figure, seven-figure invoices to be paid, and you don't have that emergency fund. So what ends up happening? You end up borrowing more. So that's the second reason. One, not having a budget and not sticking to it. Two, not having emergency savings. And again, that's for home or business. And three, not even understanding how much debt you can afford because some lenders are going to keep giving you debt. They're going to keep giving you loans, keep giving you loans, and then you end up overextended, especially in personal finance. You know, you can go to any store, any, any place that, that sells things, they will give you credit. Now online, you can get credit through Amazon, PayPal, the clothing store, anything, anywhere you go, people are going to give you credit. And you don't know how much you can actually afford. So people are being way overextended because they have access to all this credit. And so what they end up doing is spending it going back to number one, because they haven't planned their spending. So now they have access to all this opportunity to spend and they end up in debt. So the top three reasons I find, again, is that no budget, no emergency savings, and not really understanding it. it, How do we fix it? Three easy ways. I'm going to say three and a caveat. One, we have the snowball method. Two, we have the avalanche method. Three, we have the snowflake method. And it's all snow, but the snowball method, you arrange your debt from the smallest balance and you pay it off first from the smallest to the largest. It then keep paying it down, taking it down. So the payment from the smallest, when you pay that off, it goes to the next, the next, and like a snowball, it gets rid of debt. The avalanche, you start with the highest interest rate. And it just avalanches down to the smallest one. And you keep taking that big payment, put it on to the next one, the next one. The snowflake is for people who get that extra little money here and there, and you just sprinkle it on your debt. So you get a bonus. You get an unexpected client that was not in your in your um, budget. You take that extra money, put it on debt, and just knock it out. 
But the biggest thing is going back to planning your money and having that budget. All right, Ms. Vanessa, we're almost out of time. Tell me what is the best business finance advice you can give a business owner right now? Get help. You said it. (laughs) Need to go see your CPA. Meet with your financial coach. Get help. Get a plan. Look at those numbers. Plan it out and get help. Do not try to do it on your own. That's the best advice I can give you. All right. You guys heard it here. Ms. Vanessa Lindley, she is the finance coach and the author of Achieve Financial Victory, Seven Ways to Win with Your Money. Check it out. Vanessa, what is your favorite business app? What is your favorite one? Oh, probably QuickBooks. <laughs> so I can send my invoices and get paid and watch it all the time. <laughs> QuickBooks Honestly, up. QuickBooks. <laughs> Okay, I'll take that. I I can understand as the money coach why you are talking about QuickBooks. Look, whatever your accounting software is, you need to be checking it and you need to be able to reach it through your phone. So I completely agree with that. All right, Miss Vanessa, what's your favorite old school marketing tip? I still, I'm a people person. So I still believe in going out and meeting people, going to the chamber breakfast. It's old school People consider it networking. I consider it marketing. I still believe that the people connection is is tried and true. And because you need people, you just have to find out where your people are and go there. I think that's a good idea. You know, people forget that with all this online stuff, you actually can still go out and meet a person. I mean, I challenge Yeah. Stop hiding your house. I challenge people to go. Yeah. You have to at least once a week go to somewhere in person and meet new people. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I will just share mine. My favorite old school marketing tip is send somebody you met a handwritten note. To remind yeah. You. I, I yeah. have personal stationery with small biz lady printed on it. And I can't tell you how often I'll get a phone call or a follow up email from somebody that got a handwritten note from me. So definitely, definitely. That is my favorite old school marketing tip. All right. Vanessa, what's your favorite podcast? Well, you know, I'm kind of slow to the podcasting field, so I I don't have one favorite. I do listen to a lot of my competitors like Dave Ramsey and the the money people, and then I I may peek peek in on one person versus a, versus another. But mine is coming soon, so <laughs> be on the lookout for mine. <laughs> I think the mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure while helping you succeed as your own boss. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. Until next time, remember this, you never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.